Hello and welcome to High Shelf Gaming Podcast. I'm the host, David Gillespie. Every week, I'm joined by my co-host, Rich Wisniewski, and we bring on guests to talk about role-playing games and board games and gaming conventions. If this is up your alley, feel free to download, listen, subscribe, and please rate us on iTunes. It really helps people find us. You can also connect with us on Twitter, at High Shelf Gaming, and join our Facebook group, High Shelf Gaming Podcast. It's a closed group, but click to join. We're friendly to everybody, and we'll get you added in. We also have a Discord server to talk games with us all you like. Hey everyone, David Gillespie here again, and as always, I'm joined by the magnanimous Rich Wisniewski. I feel like that's a good word. I feel like magnanimous is good. Is it because I'm wearing my cardboard robot outfit today it, for it, the show? Is you, that why? You are lofty and king-like. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Roboto in my cardboard uh, robot outfit today. That's right. That's right. And today we are joined by a very special guest, someone who I've uh, you know, honestly wanted to have on the show for a long time, but really because of Gen Con... Steve, we got to meet you like in person, shake your hand and invite you on the show. So Steve, welcome, welcome to the show, man. The MC with the most. Thank you. Looking forward to this. Yeah, definitely. So Steve, why don't you give the audience a little intro, like your gamer background or, you know, kind of a little bit about yourself? Because folks, Steve is kind of near and dear to our hearts. He's a big part of our Gen Con experience. So uh, Steve, please take it away. Well, Lego calls me a super user. I build a lot of really cool stuff. At least people tell me it's really cool. A couple of interesting things I've built are a, a big game of Robo Rally. Um, yes. I have a large chess set. I have a robot that plays Connect Four. What? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I have a whole bunch of cool, cool toys. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. So, uh, Steve, you kind of come to us from Gen Con as. You put together the best game at Gen Con. By the way, I listed that in my uh, little questionnaire. You know, Gen Con's wanting everybody to do their questionnaire for the first time. And they were like, what was the thing that was the thing this year? And I was like, Super Bowl Rally. Yes. It wasn't because we were just sitting on the call. I would have written that anyways. I would definitely. Awesome. I did the same thing. You put together Super Robo Rally, which is like how we kick off the con and you did you make that? That's your creation. Well, Roborelli, you guys know Roborelli, right? Yeah, yes. um, board game, board game Roborelli. Richard Garfield. It came out in '94, and I bought it then. Actually, a friend of mine bought it, and I played it once, and went oh. out and bought it myself. Okay, good. And pretty much forever, I've been playing it. Uh, get my friends to play it. One of the first things I did in there, I started making my own boards that we could all play on. Right. Cause the board, it, the board game is like, Hey, here's some tracks, but you can clearly do anything you want with that idea. Yes. Yeah, it, well, you can take what they've got and lay out lots of different patterns with just the boards that they make, but using the same, basically the patterns that they have, you can create your own boards. Yeah. And so that's one of the first things that I started doing. So real quick, let me let me set the stage for everybody who maybe has not played Robo Rally before. Robo Rally is a competitive game, board game, where every player is in charge of one robot. 
And that robot's job is to hit all the flag points, capture the flag. There's little games that you can play, but the way you play it is every turn you as the player plan out what your robot's going to do. Move forward, turn, go backwards, all that kind of stuff. And it's my plan versus Steve's plan versus Rich's plan. And the great thing about the plan is it never survives turn one because there's somebody always bumping you (laughs) or shooting you or doing something weird that throws you off and messes you up and makes you run off the map or go into a ditch. So it's it's a kind of a combat game along with having these objectives. So it's a it's a real dynamic game. And when you're talking about different maps on the board are all these little things like conveyor belts and, you know, twisty gears that turn you. The the game is actually set in a, a factory. So there's conveyor belts, there's crushers, there's all sorts of things that you have in your typical factory. Yeah. Uh, lasers. I mean, all factories have those. Naturally, of course. What factory uh, wouldn't? Factories <laughs> in the future will have lasers. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, you you take one turn where you program five steps in there, five phases. And as you say, after phase two, you get bumped just one square off course. Uh, phase three, four, and five, you're going off the wrong direction totally. Yeah. Yeah, just careening off towards disaster usually is how it goes for me anyways. And so I'm a software engineer. So for me, I love programming. I, I, I work... As a programmer. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. This is just sort of another level of interesting to me, the challenge of programming the robot just to move around the board. Oh, and folks, I mean, I remember the old days where we would just kind of line our cards up and then we would come up to the desk and they would get either inputted or scanned. I think one year it went from being inputted to being scanned. The first year we did it, I actually took RoboRally to Gen Con in 2011. Okay. And I got it working the Tuesday before Gen Con. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, so you got you the robots s- moving around the board. You sold so all these. Procrastinating software no, engineer. No, that wasn't procrastinating. <laughs> that was working very hard to try to get it. Yeah. No, but, you have to pre-sell tickets, right? You've sold all these game tickets, right? We We did. This was the first year. I think I actually, I didn't get in the first round of registration. And so I put it in there maybe in early June, I think, is when it, it was entered as an event. And so I got to watch it fill up and and you know see how many people were actually going to get to play, which is something I wasn't really sure about the first year we did it. Uh, basically, we have about 200 people that sign up for it. And so, yeah, I've got 200 people that are expecting this game to work. And I'm going to the first gen con with it it's like i don't know how this is gonna work tuesday before all right the robots are now moving on the board (laughs) that's where we have the the rfid cards how much did you charge the first year so i'm not sure what we charged the first year i think it was probably eight dollars for the half hour game and so it would have been about 16 for an hour game and about 20 dollars for a two-hour game sure and i've (sighs) I still feel kind of really guilty about raising the prices and charging people more than that. Right now we're up to, I think $10 for the half hour game, 16 for the hour game. I mean, your experience is incredible, man. I would not feel bad at all. Like, look, this is one of those things. You cannot do this anywhere else. Anywhere else. Like, (laughs) 
that's the to me that's a big deal like if i can play a game at home eh, i want to pay four or six dollars for it maybe six yeah. maybe six but if this is something i can only get at a convention and i know you're you spent un. I mean, untold hours on this thing, programming, getting the phones to work, getting the. Comp- oh my god, all the Lego pieces, Dave! Oh, oh my yeah. god, I can't even imagine that. Yeah, what's it, your it, what's it, your it's Lego spend? <laughs> what you do this every year? If you weighed all the Legos and priced it based on Lego weight, I mean, you've got to be in this by like a ton of dollars. Yeah, the board itself is about four hundred and fifty pounds. God. <laughs> The, I wonder you're on the first floor. They don't want to put this on the second floor. Right, but, but you'd collapse a floor if you had the robo rally up there. Each each of those squares, if you went out and bought it, would be about seventy five dollars. Oh my god! For each each square on the board. Oh my god, guys! And this when you're talking about each square is seventy five dollars. This is what fifteen 10 by, by 15, 10, 12 fifteen. So the squares uh, fifteen by thirteen is what we normally run. I thought it was yeah. I mean that is. That's, a, that's some buku dollars, man. That's just on the board, let alone the bots and all the stuff you put in the bots to make them animate and remote controlled. And like, man, that's impressive. Well, there's kind of a big story behind that because I've been – let me jump back here. In 2004, 2005, Lego came to me and asked as an adult builder what I would want in their Lego Mindstorm kit. Oh. This is when they were first developing the NXT. Oh, man. And so they came to, there were four people that they talked to basically on the planet and said, what do you guys want as an adult builder? What would you want in the Mindstorm kit? And so they signed us up for a a 45-day workshop. They said, you know, we want to talk to you about different things for 45 days. And at the end, we're going to give you this Lego crane set. It's like, okay, that's kind of cool. (laughs) Yeah. And so we went through that. And after the 45 days, they said, okay, we want to sign you up for another year. What? On this, in this group. It's like, okay, well, I guess we answered their questions the way they wanted us to. They, they were like, all right, we're going to do 45 days. And if these guys were all crackpots, we're never calling them again. But if they right. give us what we want, <laughs> we'll sign right. them up for a year. So he's we, like, I want two cranes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So, oh well, it got better than that for me. So wait, uh, so wait, you you were like a part of a super user group on contract. I'm sure you had to sign NDAs, all kinds of stuff, yes. right? Wow, that is really cool. And they knew you because you were so involved in the community. They said this is one of the guys we got to talk to, along with his handful of others. Right, all the stuff I'd posted on the web, and so for several years, I, I worked with them about what was in the kit and helping them tune the software that they had. And so actually it was in 2009, I had an idea to make a chess set, a, a big, big chess set. This is kind of making me think of like a wizard's chess. Yeah, oh, yes. wizard's chess. Yes. Okay. <sighs> so, so I went on vacation with my family and we watched Harry Potter. I, I saw the wizard's chess and, and we ended up somewhere. We played a yard chess set thing. And I'm like, that's what I can do is make a giant chess set with 32 robots that actually move and I'm blown away. Guys, you can't, you, you can't see it. My mouth is just a gape open. Oh my gosh. So you went to them and said, I'm going to build this chess set or did you just build it on your own? So, once they, once they so gave I you the went tools. To them, yeah. I said, here's what I want to do. I want to build a chess set. What I'm going to need is all these parts. 
at the time they were just this was 2009 it was the 10 year anniversary of the mindstorms and so they were coming out with a limited edition black nxt mm-hmm. and i said i'd like 16 black nxts and 16 white and they also had a brand new color sensor i said so i'm going to need you know a whole bunch of these color sensors actually 128 of the color sensors oh, oh yeah all the oh yeah because you got they have to know like what's facing them what's oh yeah what's below right. all that kind of stuff oh yeah and so i said this would be a great chance to show off your color sensor this would be you know a great chance to show everything off i'll take it to all these shows and gen con was one that i listed as a show i wanted to take it to and they're like okay yeah we can send you the parts for that wow. and i was like uh cool Wow. And so they ended up sending me about 450 pounds worth of Lego for the whole set, the controllers, the motors, everything, the tiles. So you were really their partner in crime and all this stuff because they were like, hey, we want to show off how cool this can be. And you brought this idea to their table and they said, yeah, all right, we'll sponsor that. Here's a That's here's exactly the, it. Here's the parts you need, but you still yeah. had to do all the work. You, they weren't giving you programming time or any of that kind of stuff, right? No, no. Okay. And Wizards Chess was the genesis of this. Yes. So you you got Wizards Chess working. Yes. And then what 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 made you say, oh, by the way, this isn't freaking complicated enough. <laughs> Let me base it on Richard Garfield's best-selling game, Super Robo Rally. That makes grown men cry. <laughs> I might have so cried I once think, or twice in your How did that jump happen? I, I think from the very from when I very first got my Mindstorms, I was trying to figure out how to make Robo Rally work. <laughs> I can build a Robo Rally like, like, set. Like immediately, you were like, "No, no, no, yes. no. This is <laughs> that's I from the beginning." Real life twonky. And and I made the chess set, and the key to making the chess board was to have sort of a border around the edge that holds all the piece, all the squares inside the the board, right? So the border's connected together, but none of the squares inside the, are, are connected together. Got it. And I realized I could do that if I had enough pieces. Uh, I could do the same thing for RoboRally. And so I posted the Monster Chess on YouTube, got bunches and bunches of hits, and uh, Lego came back to me and said, okay, well, what do you want to do now? Uh, oh my God. how how successful is that you've put so much effort into this blew everybody away they're impressed they're probably selling mindstorm out the out the wazoo because everybody's inspired by this and they're like all right man what's the next level yes that was it and i said oh i want to make a roborelli I went through their their catalog and I found all the different colored tiles that they had available. I said, I need a bag of these and a bag of these. Wow. You just went and shopping. You were like, all right, this is what I, I need. need. About 200 base plates and uh, eight more robot, 10 more robot kits. Wow. And I'll tell and, you, the creativity of, you know, we'll have links in there. You know, dear listener, we'll have links. We'll have some, you know, ideas of what these pictures look like. I think we should link the original game. And the Super Robo Rally game that's played out there, and you can really see just how true to true to the story this is. I mean, on the on the bots, you've added in some fun stuff like R two D two and the the droid, uh, you know, the little android guy. Oh, the, um, the, the Minecraft, the wonky. The... Oh yeah, there's Minecraft now. Oh yeah. I mean, you've added in some fun stuff, but there's also a lot of the, you know, spin bot. There's a lot of the, the hammer. There's a lot of the guys from the game in there too. 
And you know, that's how we found this was Ryan, one of our Lego enthusiasts in our group, and also a super Robo Rally friend. He was he, he introduced me to it first. Yeah. Um, years ago in Denver, like 15, 20 years ago, he introduced me to Super Robo Rally. Um, so it's funny how your passion also brought someone else's passion and brought everybody together. Yeah. Folks at home, like these these robots are animated. When they move, they all move in an automated way, you know, because in the board game, I don't think anything's animated. So how did you figure out like what animations to do and then how to incorporate them into the bot? And like, how did you do that? So we started with the base. We had the base that all the robots fit on. It's the same base we had for the chess set. And it's got the two drive motors and one power takeoff motor. We can connect pretty much anything to it, and the base just will drive it forward. And so I can put wheels on there. I can put arms that that wiggle. And then it sort of came down to, okay, let's build these robots and see what we can make them do. You know, SpinBot, well, that was kind of easy, just making the whole thing spin. Yeah. (laughs) But taking some of the other robots, Android, which has sort of arms that, that wiggle as it walks, it's just like, well, it has to be animated in some way. Right. And what can we make move on it? Yeah, because the Android is the Android phone, like little alien guy, little green alien guy, which is doesn't seem to have a lot of motion to it. So, right. Yeah. You, you don't see any pictures of him actually moving. Yeah. I guess kind of looking at these and seeing, well, you know, what, what seems natural for this. One of the funny parts about it, uh, we have Twonky, which is, you know, everybody who's played Roborelli. Twonky is one of the first ones to get picked all the time. Yeah. And people that have not played Robo Rally, Twonky is always one of the last ones to be picked. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really weird the way that works. But when the uh, one of my friends uh, uh, helped build some of the bodies, he made Twonky. And it was sort of a uh, kind of like the robot from Lost in Space. Yeah. And it had a, a head on top of it. And I'm like, that robot's kind of cool. But... If you took the head off, it would look like Twonky, which is one of the robots from Roborelli. And that would be perfect. And so the one that you see is Twonky, which looks like a TV, actually used to have a head on top of that. What? Now that right. you said that, I can't unsee that. <laughs> because you can it, see the little head on there, can't you? I totally can see the little head on there because of that black stock body and the little arms. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Danger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's but the, the whole thing, I mean, you guys get to see the, the finished product for everything. The robots that have been through several iterations. Right. I often, when I'm building stuff, have a tendency to have four or five different copies of the same thing on my desk. That's one thing that strikes me. A lot of people say, well, how do you build this? Well, it's, I don't just build it one time. A lot of stuff, you know, even the, the boards, I drew them out. They were all drawn drawn out on graph paper and probably redrawn a couple times to get the conveyor belts just right. One of the tricky parts was getting the gears so that they actually looked like gears with an arrow. Right. So you in could a, in a resolution of forty eight by forty eight. So that as a player, I can intuitively understand when I stand on this gear, it's going to spin me clockwise versus counterclockwise. Yeah. I'll know. You did it. It works really well. So good on you. I never thought about that being the harder part of the whole thing. Yeah, just communicating to the player. Wow. There's just a lot of details in it where there are certain ways that I wanted some of the things to look or act. But over the last couple of years, we've continued building robot bodies on there. When you talk about when you build these, you have so many iterations. Is it you're just kind of 
doing a bunch of different copies of it so you can try out different things? Is that why you have five or six versions of it on your desk? Yes. Yeah, it's usually uh, tweaking some some things, you know, if I don't like the way this moves. A lot of times what happens, I don't really want to take apart the one that I just made, you know, because I have one. It kind of works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the wheel, the, the tank treads kind of turn, but then I want to try something different fundamentally different in how it's driven or something like that. And so I'll just build a whole new one up from scratch. And sometimes I'll back up to the copy that I already had. Sometimes I'll move forward. Okay. So the robots always get messed with the map, obviously always gets messed with the code gets messed with how, and you mentioned that first year, it's like the Tuesday before you're like done, send it to the presses. (laughs) Is it every year? Something's getting tweaked. And is it ever just done before? Yes. Part of it, I think I've used this to help sort of learn new technologies as, as I go. When I first did this, yeah, I used the RFID cards for programming. We actually had a card dealer, which worked most of the time. And then we had a backup card dealer that was named Kathy. Um, <laughs> whenever the card dealer failed, we Kathy told her how many cards. Kathy Manuel. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> But um, I think we stopped using the RFID cards in 13, and that's when we switched to the web interface and the cell phones. Wow. You can, really, you can think about how long that takes when everybody wants to. They figure out their programs, and they walk over to the scanner, scan the cards mm-hmm. in. Oh, yeah. And then go back and sit down and play it out. And then when the turn's over, then they come back up and get their cards for the next turn and go back and sit down. Right. Uh, and you and have what to, we found— You have to explain, hey, you only get two cards this time. You know, the rest is on me. You know, you have right. to you have to explain so much when you're handing over physical cards that eh, when you're doing it on the new stuff, it's just there. Yeah. Where are the rest of my cards? Well, so the, you got shot a bunch of times. Yeah, <laughs> you you don't get to make choices because your robot is thinking on its own. When it takes damage, it gains uh, awareness <laughs> and begins making yes. its own decisions. It gets smarter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's and it's really interesting, folks, because you're looking at this phone and it's telling you everything. Here is the moves that you get to choose from. And here's the moves that are locked in. Um, and if you don't and if you want to do the shutdown maneuver and all that stuff, it's all there on the display. Now you go through everything. You say, bloop, I'm done. And then and it shows you how many lives you have left and how many flags you've already touched and how much damage you have this turn. Right. Yeah. Everything is communicated to the player. Now you guys have to do way less explaining, explaining to individuals, I'm sure. And the nice thing, what I love now is there's this new social pressure mechanic, because when I get done with my coding first, I can look over to rich and like rich dog, you done yet? Are you done yet? And he's, you know, trying to figure out which way is left and right. So there's this- uh, yeah, it's set up so that so that we can see on on your screen who's not done programming yet, and if we say, "Oh, look, Richbot is still not done programming." Yeah, everybody yes. can yell at Rich. <laughs> that was that was my Richbot this year. I uh, yes, I, I I basically browbeat them into renaming a robot for our game, which worked out really well. Um, now, when you do this code, you are not using the same Mindstorm interface I am. Where I drop the blocks and my blocks all connect, you've got to be using something else. The code for the robot is not all that complicated. The robot knows how to drive one square forward. It knows the distance it has to go, and it knows how to turn 90 degrees. It can turn left and right or do that twice, basically a U-turn. And that's all it knows. 
the computer takes care of all the path planning to say, okay, this, this robot's going to move one square. Then that Rich's robot has to turn right and then move forward because David's robot's going to push him right. sideways. Always. And so every time. Rich's robot's going to do this sequence of things to move sideways. So it's the computer that's figuring out all the pathway stuff. And the robot is just obeying very simple instructions. Forward, right. left, right, left, yes. right, forward. Yeah. Okay. The robots don't know anything about the board or what the board looks like or what commands have been given to it. It's just exactly what the computer sends to say, move forward, turn left. So you truly have Lego code running on the boxes because they have a, they have a very simple need that they have to accomplish. Now you've right. got a supercomputer hiding in the back, which is actually handling the communications with us. It's handling the communications out to all the bots and it's path planning and understanding the map. That's your server. Yeah. I've, I've done some kind of cool evolution there that, that is not so visible. First of all, one of the tricky parts with this project, Windows, uh, Windows computer can only talk to nine or sorry, can only talk to seven Bluetooth devices at a time. Oh, and boy. so each of the robots are Bluetooth. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Uh oh. And so if we're playing a game with eight robots, then as we play out a single turn, we have to connect and disconnect from a robot or from the robots as a turn plays out. Oh, my God. That was a real pain. What I found out is with the Raspberry Pi, I can actually put in two Bluetooth dongles and address them independently. Technical stuff, blah, blah. And talk to 10 robots at the same time. Beautiful. And so when it boots up, it actually connects to all the robots and doesn't have to do any connecting or disconnecting. Beautiful. So I have a Raspberry Pi that has a web server, has a MySQL database. <laughs> it has the Bluetooth, two Bluetooth dongles. <laughs> it connects to a router that talks to the phones. The phone I actually use, I use uh, either a phone or a tablet to control the game, which I'm looking at a slightly different web page than what you guys see. Sure. But mostly the same thing, going through the same web browser. I love it. Here, I'm thinking the guy has a Cray one hiding in the back doing all these calculations. It's a pie. I can't Raspberry Pi. I can't believe it's like a what a forty dollar, a thirty dollar thing. Yeah, doing all of this. That is so amazing. SD card in it is probably more than the pie. I know (laughs) (laughs) the SD card (laughs) for the pie. I've got that set up. So the the pie I have actually has a screen set up on it which shows me the exact same thing that you're looking at on, on the phones. Unreal. So it can see, and it'll update as the game plays through. So I can just glance over at the pie and see the status of the whole game. Now I have a, I have a, I have a, maybe a cheater question for you. Every so often, Rich seems to get himself in a spot where he's going to die probably by my hand or somebody else's hand. And Rich will look over at computer Ted or whoever is behind the computer. It's usually not you. It's usually someone else behind the computer. And he'll say, give me a bunch of straights. And Rich gets a bunch of straights. Is that Man, just... Man, he's lucky. Is that what that is? Okay. I think it's just luck, Dave. I don't think it has anything to do with the $20 I slipped him before the game. Uh-huh. I think it's luck. Well, there's a certain amount of luck involved there where you get certainly the right cards. Sure. I have recently set it up so I could deal out 
uh, instead of giving Rich the normal nine cards, or maybe he's been shot a couple times, so he's only getting seven cards. Right. I'll go ahead and slip him an extra five cards, and I can do that a couple times. So I can deal him about 15 cards uh, if I want to do that. I'm their baby boy, Dave. Dave, I'm their baby boy. They I know take you care. are. I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> I think I don't think it happened to Rich because we don't really like Rich that much. <laughs> but it's it's so much fun watching Rich squirm and suffer that I could almost see you going. How can I make it so he gets five fewer cards every game? I hate that game sometimes. <laughs> yes. It's so much fun, but I also hate it so much. Oh look, he got seventeen cards and they're all right turns. <laughs> That's huh. right. It's just disco stew the whole time. Just spinning. It's disco stew. That was perfect. <laughs> The thing is, I know that Rich is going to show up again next year anyway. No, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a, a big, re- several reasons for that. One, you, Super Rogue Rally is our Gen Con kickoff tradition. And we said it's like the only thing at Gen Con, but you know what? You guys do do this other places. We do. Like Brick World, obviously. You're, you're involved with Brick World. It's not just you show up at Brick World. You're like part of the. I kind of show up. Uh, because my best friend asked me to, because he runs it. Oh, okay. Um, he started running it because of stuff I was doing. I brought him over to my house one day. He's like, oh, this is kind of cool. I'm going to get into Lego, get back into Lego. Then he decided to go ahead and run a Lego event. So he runs Brickworld all over, shows all over the country. Wow. And I take these games. I take a lot of stuff. But one thing that I've done recently with Robo Rally. You've seen the two-hour, one-hour, two-hour games. Those are basically the same, basically true to the actual game of Robo Rally. Right. Yeah, very intuitive, very easy for me as a Robo Rally player to just jump in and know what's going on. Yeah. Well, I came up with a different version, the King of the Hill version, where it's just a half-hour game. There's no laser damage. Uh, the object is just to get on one square and stay there. And I usually line it up so that all the robots end up in a huge line. And you guys would love this. Robots are in one huge line. The guy on this end pushes. Everybody moves down three squares. Yes. The, Congo the guy on this line. end pushes back. Everybody yes. moves back three squares. Yes. And love. so it's this push pull. There's no tell. You have absolutely no chance of predicting where you're going to end up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but still, we're going to play out five turns. I and love it. I love the Congo everybody line. Everybody has fun. I love the Congo line. It's so much fun watching all your bots line up. And then you know... Everybody's turns left and everybody just marches <laughs> three yes. squares left and then they turn back to their facing. And it's like, that's going to happen again because the guy who just made that happen is like, he, 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 I've got more straights coming. <laughs> it's and, so much and fun. so on top of that, as you would well know, Roborelli is not a game that you can just explain to a 10 year old kid. Sure. But we've came up with a version where essentially players play one command. Oh. And you have all the choices of any of the seven cards, and you pick one command. And so everybody picks their command. When they're done with one command, then we play it out. And then we'll go and do it again. I really like that. It takes 15, 20 minutes. This one works really well at Lego shows because the kids aren't really there to learn to program. Right. They want to see the Lego robots move and the arms wave and the wheels spin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're there for the show. And I love this idea. And, and so the kids get to say, look, I made that robot move. That's really neat. I love that approach. 
And one out of 50 of them does turn into a programmer. They right. Get, right. They go, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, two weeks ago, I took this up to a, a brick world in Wisconsin. And I had this one kid that's probably eight years old playing the game. And he gets on the flag. And then the next turn, everybody pushes him. And he ends up <laughs> on the flag. And then the next turn, everybody pushes him. He goes left, he goes right. And he ends up on the flag. And then the third, everybody pushed. He ended up four times in a row on the flag after being pushed like 12 squares. Like way over there, way back, way over there, way back. And he still, he won the game like he had five times as many points as anybody else did. Yes. And it was through no skill of what he did. It was just total luck. He's having a, having a great time. You probably couldn't get the phone out of his hands. Like, no, oh. I'm good at this game. I'm really good at this game. I'm awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you did that. You know, Sun Tzu once said, your enemy will often push you in the right direction. <laughs> did, yeah. Did he really? Or did you just make that up? Yeah. Do you think I really know the Book of Rings? Okay. Yeah. So you're a Lego guy. You're a programmer guy. What what do you game? Do you ever guys do you guys ever get a chance to stop and play some games that are at the show? That's that's an interesting thing. I, I've heard you guys talking the last couple of weeks about all the stuff going on at Gen Con, and we play twenty two games of Rogue Rally, and so I have actually never played a game at Gen Con. Oh my gosh! Okay, I'm blown away by it. what what is your Gen Con like? I was trying to figure this out. Like I say, over the last couple of weeks, listening to you guys talk about it. I go to Gen Con, and the the best I can do is like probably a singer who likes to get up on stage and sing. I like to share this, you know, play this game, kind of show off this game that I created at Gen Con. Pretty much, if the person standing there doesn't know this game, the the guy standing next to him does. Yes, they know Roborelli. That's one of the coolest venues where people really appreciate the whole game. You know, people walk by and look at it and. Never seen it before. They walk by and look at it and say, oh, that's Roborelli. It is a audience game, too. Yeah, it draws it, a crowd. You know, yeah, it draws a crowd. All of a sudden, there's like 10, 15, 20 people. Oh, it goes back down to five. Then it's back up to 10. Then it's two people. It's an audience game. People love to see this game, whether they play it or not. Oh, yeah. They love to sit and watch it. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely a Gen Con draw. Absolutely. You talk about it anywhere. You're like, oh, I just came from Super Rogue Rally. They're like, oh, the one with the bots, the Legos. Like, yeah, yeah, I just came from there. Like, everybody knows it. Uh, so, absolutely. I hope that, you know, Gen Con is taking care of you guys from a badge perspective yeah. and, and letting you guys, because I'm sure you get a break maybe to go to the dealer hall. Did you even get like an hour to go to the dealer hall? I usually have to hit the dealer hall on Thursday. Um, on Thursday, we have our schedule. We have a 10 o'clock game, we have one hour. And then our next game's at 12. And so we have one-hour games every two hours on Thursday and Friday. Got it. And so I have like an hour break that I usually have to try to get out on Thursday because otherwise I get too wrapped up in other stuff going on. On Saturday, we play half-hour games every hour. So I have about enough time to go to the bathroom. Sure. Yeah, oh, grab, grab a snack. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. about it. <laughs> and you're under the entire time. Um, I, I made a comment at the beginning. You're the MC with the most because you got the big top hat on and you're like working the circus of all the people and, you know, keeping everything moving in the right direction. How is your voice at the end of the show? Uh, it, it varies. I think 
uh, well, the game with you guys, I'd probably make more noise than any other game. But <laughs> I, I admit, we, we have our games on Saturday where I really feel like a carny, where I'm sitting up there and I do my speech. Here's how you play the game. And I go through it. By then, I've got it pretty well laid out, you know, pretty oh, yeah. rehearsed. If you ever look at the carnies at a carnival, sometimes they don't really look all that excited to be there. Right. And, and I feel that way a little bit. Every once in a while, we'll have the game on Saturday where the people are just sitting there being so quiet. And I can't tell if they're having any fun at all. It's like, man, those people regret spending any money to play this game. They're having the worst time of their life. I wish we would just get this game over with. You know, some of it is people are being quiet because they're concentrating. They're like, they are. I've yes. got to get this right because I need a hammerbot to beat the crap out of Twonky or whatever. Right. So some of that is just pure gamer competitiveness. It's focus. Yeah. Definitely focus. And it's funny because the one thing I'll do at the end of every game, especially on the, the short games where I count up, you know, this robot had three flags. This robot had two flags. These robots had one flag. Everybody else had fun. And I, <laughs> I get the huge laugh out of that. And, and I totally feel like a carny there because I say that after every single game. Like, and everybody else had fun. And the crowd cheers. And, and, and everybody thinks that's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> And you're like, yeah. I've said this a hundred times. You use yeah. every time. But it works. That's the thing. Is it like it works? It's fresh for them. You're doing it for them. It works. Right. <laughs> We're all having fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like we, you know, when we show up, it is like. We are there to have the most fun possible. We're 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 shouting at each other. We're trying to like amp up the crowd, get them to chant along with us. I I whenever I'm like cruising by you guys, I just start chanting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I just want everybody to have the same amount of energy and fun that we do. And we love that. We usually chant back. Yes. We're, yes. We're not the only one that does that. We have other other people that appreciate the game and walk by and say, Roborelli and we yay, yay, Roborelli. Yes. I know how many, you know, obviously Dave's mentioned it's become part of our tradition. How many groups do you see now that this is part of their tradition? Um, I'm guessing probably a quarter of the, of the games are to groups of people that play. Wow. Yeah. That's Um, cool. I've got, I, I keep track of this because, you know, again, I'm all uh, OCD about it. Um, <laughs> well, you I've get got the data. one family. Why not use it? That has played 36 games of Roborelli at oh Gen Con. Oh, my gosh. When do they, and, when, when do they play? I want to well, hang out with Well, part of that is they had five people playing one of the games this year, and two of those played in another game. Okay. Ah. Yep. So yep. it adds up kind of quick. Yeah, yeah. But it's cool to see, as I look through my list, to see the names. Oh, yeah, I, I know that person. I know that person. Oh, that's Rich. Um, I know that person. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know you're happiest when you see other people enjoying this creation you've made. Right. You can just, like, you can look over, folks, when you're playing and you're having a good time, you look over at Steve and your big top hat, and you've got this <laughs> grin on your face, like, yeah, everybody's loving this thing that I yeah. made. It has got to be the coolest feeling. That is, it definitely is. I, I will, I must admit, there are occasions when things don't go well. 
for some reason, something's not talking. The, the robots aren't talking to the computer sure. or something like that, where I get, uh, I'm, I don't have that huge smile. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I think the first year with the phones, there was some connection issues that I, I, I just, and there's always then battery issues too. You guys are yeah. always having to manage those batteries because those phones, I mean, they're just used. Yeah. We pretty much have to change them out ever after every other game. And sometimes there are issues this year. I don't think there was any, I, I can say this because they can't, can't sneak up on me now this year. Everything went well. I will say when you walk up to this the first time, you're like, no way this works. Like it looks so complicated. When Rich brought me to it the first time, I was like, there's no way this is Lego Mindstorm. This has got to be like strings or, you know, somebody's worked out a, a gimmick that I'm just not seeing right away. Magnets under the floor or something like that. And it's like, no, dude, this all just works. So, yeah, the one comment we hear like 50 times during the during Gen Con. They actually move <laughs> <laughs> on their own without somebody moving them. Exactly. Like to me, I think that if you have technical problems, don't lose heart because everybody is like amazed that it works because nobody, I guarantee you looking at that go, oh yeah, I know how to make that happen. It's so far. No, removed. no one has any idea. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's magic. like, it, yeah, exactly. You are sprinkling fairy dust out here. You're and, a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> I should make a chess set. Yes. <laughs> wizard chess. That's a great idea for next year. Is it all Lego parts in there? Or do you have some other robot builder parts in? Or is that legitimately a 100% Lego product? Everything out on the board is Lego. Wow. The only thing that's not, basically, are your phones and the Raspberry Pi. Yeah. All of the other stuff, the, the it sends... The Pi sends Bluetooth commands to the NXT, just like two NXTs talking to each other. So okay, folks. And that's a toy. That's a toy. <laughs> it's, it's all a toy. It's running for three days, 12 hours, 10 hours, eight hours. I don't, you know, it, that is three days straight of a toy doing yeah. its job. What is the future for you? So the thing that I've been playing with is options. You've played Roborelli. Yeah. You know there's options. The problem is the options, all the option cards, it's like magic. You have an option card, this changes the rules of the game. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the, the game as it is right now is very strict set of rules. This is how everything plays out. But throwing in option cards, okay, now I have to sort of change the code to, to make it so that this does something differently. I've implemented a few options, but I haven't felt like I've got enough to make it worth adding to the game. Mm. However, I will say we will be playing with options in your game next year. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Um, a couple of the options that I have are a double-barreled laser that lets you shoot twice. That's me. That's me. A high-powered laser that lets you shoot Davin. through another robot to hit a robot or a wall. Me up, Davin. The conga line is so dangerous now. Yeah, we've got, oh, ramming gear. So when you push a robot, you'll do damage to him. Yes, I love it. I love it. So we'll have a few few things that we are definitely going to have in your game next year. Awesome. Okay, now this is probably the right time to mention everybody who's listening. At the end of our game on Thursday, 
we all kind of hung hung around the board afterwards, you know, taking photos. And and Steve, you did an amazing thing for me. It really touched me because I did not expect this. You offered to let me put one of our stickers on your creation, which is so imp- like I understand what it means to mess with somebody's Legos. <laughs> <laughs> and for you to say, hey, it's I want to share in this experience was really touching. So first of all, thank you so much. Just as, you know, creator to creator, I'm just now starting in this podcast thing. You've been doing this for thousands of hours. Thank you so much for yes. bringing us along the ride. I really do. That would be kind of like it. naming your kid after somebody, right, David? A little I mean, bit. it would be like, you know, a guy named Rich <laughs> and you just had a kid and maybe you should name your kid Rich. I couldn't, I couldn't get it past the, the board, man. I'm so sorry. Okay. So Steve, that's how we look at it. He, you, hey, let Rich, him, you let him put a stick you know, on your kid. Uh, don't, don't tell Dave this, but that panel, I can just pop off and put another panel <laughs> on. <Yes. laughs> I <laughs> Makes sense. I knew that when I did it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, this is saving that panel for next year. It's going to look brand new next year, Dave. <laughs> you know what? That doesn't matter. I'm going to keep trumpeting that to the, to the, I mean, that has been, that was the highlight of my con, honestly, yes. the, you, us sharing in that moment. That was really cool. I, I think you saw, I, I posted to the, uh, to the group at Wisconsin, that robot still got a sticker on it. Yeah. It's yeah. Still yeah. running strong. Yeah. At Brickworld. Winning. Hammerbot, Hammerbot with the HSG sticker. He made an appearance. So what we're going to do is on Thursday, we're going to do a high shelf gaming, super robo rally game. We're going to show up and bring our crew and the HSG audience Thursday. We'll announce all this. We'll figure all this stuff out, what the timing of everything's going to be. But I really want to throw a really fun game in front of, you know, have everybody there. But we love the spectacle and you guys love the spectacle of it, the audience of it. Like, let's absolutely let's, let's get a crowd, you know, and let's play some freaking super robo rally, apparently with options. Oh, I cannot wait, man. I cannot wait. Option. I I also have to say, I think for your game, there will be a trophy available. Oh, I will win a trophy. Oh, you are not going to win that trophy, dude. I will win a trophy. You have no idea. This just got real. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it did. And also, also, Steve, you've called this out a couple of times. Our guy, Ryan, is real quiet, working in the corner, making his stuff go. As soon as you put a trophy on the field... Oh man, we're gonna see we're gonna see Mean Ryan come out. He's gonna be lasering everybody, ramming everybody. There's gonna be some shoulder checking. Oh, this is gonna be good. I cannot now, wait. We may have to see exactly what what the trophy is awarded for. I love the way you think. Reasonably, it would be by getting the most flags. But clearly, when we've played, when you guys have played the game, that's not been the point. No, that is not the point of our game. (laughs) The point of our game is to kill each other as much as possible. We may have to talk about exactly, because I do have the ability to track how many times you cause somebody else to die. (laughs) We haven't displayed that in this version. But I can track. If you bump somebody and he walks off the board, you caused him to die. Yeah. Little little hatch you marks, him. little hatch marks like a like a World War II fighter pilot. Little hatch marks yeah. for every. Uh... <laughs> and maybe that's where the trophy's going to go. Well, we'll talk about that. But uh, I love there, it. There will be a trophy I and a winner it. of whatever the goal of the game is. Right, and you know this. Another part of our tradition is we always show up 
one slot down. So definitely <laughs> next year, we're going to pull somebody from the audience, at least one person from the audience. Is there a way we can, a way we can give away that spot to somebody? <laughs> we did, we did this last year. We covered the, somebody. Uh, yeah, we, and we just gave it to them. Yeah, yeah somebody like, can uh, earn that spot. We just need you to have a good sense of humor because this will not be a normal game. No, yeah, that's that's a yeah. that's point number one. I just split the ticket in half. You're there and, to have uh, fun and have, have the guy come. He won this year, didn't he? Yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. And now he's a he's a great member of the community. He's in our little group talking about games that he's playing, and he wants to run games. And yeah, I mean, what an what an amazing find! This uh, you know, Drew him in. Yeah, exactly. And now he's just part of the HSG family. Dude, Steve, again, thanks a ton for just being the human that you are. Uh, you being on the show has been a real highlight for Rich and I. We actually wanted you on the show before Gen Con. We were already talking like, we got to meet that guy. We got to get him on the show. And here you are. So thanks a ton for giving us your time today and being on the show. You're my hero, Steve. Thanks for sharing this experience with me. I've enjoyed making this Robo Rally. And and what makes it so much fun is having guys like you who love to play it. Heck yeah. Well, everyone at home, thanks again for listening. And as always, have fun and play well. May all your roles be crits. Or lasers. Pew, pew. Shoot him, shoot him. Pew, pew. Thanks for listening. This episode was produced by me, David Gillespie, with music provided by Taylor Guillory. Our web presence is managed by Amy Nelson. And if you like our style, please leave a review for us on iTunes. It's the best way to help people find us. Most importantly, though, feel welcome to connect with us on Twitter, our Facebook group, Discord server, our Friday night Twitch streams, and our website, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. We really look forward to talking and playing games with you. Thank you.